Welcome to Do Life Better with Jess. Here, we are never afraid to try new things, we ask the hard questions, and we are constantly in pursuit of our best selves. It is my personal mission to do life better and to help everyone on the same journey to inner peace, healing, and most importantly, getting to finally know and love who you are. So, let's do this. Well, hello. Welcome back to Do Life Better with Jess. I know you're just as surprised as I am that I already have another podcast out, (laughs) but let's just go with it. I told you guys just a few days ago that when I'm coming to you, you know I'm I'm inspired and I'm on fire and I have something that I think is going to help you do life better that I have to share with you. So today is no different. I have something that is kind of like a part two to what we talked about last time. So let's get on with the podcast. I have a question for you to kind of kick off today's episode. I want to ask you how mindful you are of your thoughts. And when I say mindful, like how much do you track or inventory or regulate the thoughts that are running through your head on a day-to-day basis? The jury's out on how many thoughts we have in a day. Some, I scoured the internet to find this out. Some say it's as few as 6,000 thoughts, while others think that we have as many as 70,000 thoughts per day go through our head. Now, I don't know about you, but my brain is always coming up with all kinds of crazy ideas. So I would probably go, you know, mid to higher end of that range. But regardless, there's a lot of thoughts that go through our head every single day. And while I was looking to find how many thoughts we have in a day, I found this article from 2017 and it was talking about beating like negativity and negative thoughts. But they cited the National Science Foundation and said that 80% of the thoughts that we have on a daily basis are negative. Like what? 80% of the thoughts we have in a day are negative. And at first I was like, gosh, that's sad. And then I was like, hold on, hold on a second. Stop the presses. I have to think this varies from person to person because I think that negative thoughts or positive thoughts that we have in our brain build on each other And kind of create the way that we see the world and that we view everything that happens around us. There's a saying that what we focus on expands. And I'm a big, big believer of that. If you've listened to other things that are motivational, motivational podcasts, uh, motivational speakers, um... I don't know if you like if you're in this kind of world of self-improvement you enjoy this stuff and obviously you're listening to this podcast so you probably are um you've heard people talk about a big tip to make your day start off on a great foot is to write down things that you're grateful for and I think if the people if they survey the people in the world that start their day writing down the things that they're grateful for I think they would find that a lot less than 80% of their thoughts every single day are negative. I mean, when you wake up and you write down that you're grateful for a cool breeze outside your door, you're grateful for a hot cup of coffee that you really enjoyed, or you're grateful to wake up with just peace in your heart and in your mind, like the guy that cut you off in traffic a few minutes after you wrote that down probably isn't getting as strong of a reaction as if you hadn't done that. Am I right? Like, what do you think? That's how I feel about it. I feel like it changes the course of your day. 
I feel like when it gets to lunchtime outside and it's blazing hot because I'm here in South Carolina where it's it is hot <laughs> and when you remember that man there is that beautiful cool breeze outside this morning you're so grateful you're less likely to complain so what we focus on expands and how we see the world changes every interaction that we have throughout the course of a day so let's go back to the example of the guy cutting us off in traffic I feel like there's probably multiple ways that this situation could be viewed but I'm going to give you two examples of kind of how my brain thinks that this could play out. So first, you, you're driving down the road, you get cut off in traffic, you have to slam on your brakes, and I mean, I'm not going to lie, usually the first thought out of my mind is like, oh my gosh, what an idiot. <laughs> then you got to kind of reel it back in, and I'm working on that. We're doing life better together, okay? So hopefully one day that won't be my first thought. Um, so when I reel it back in, I start to feel like, or I start to think about the times that I did that stuff accidentally where I didn't see someone or I was just being dumb. Like I was trying to answer a phone call while I was turning and I got distracted. Um, I just did something really stupid. I mean, I guess I was being the idiot if I did that, but I try and put myself in their shoes and think about what else could have been going on besides, um, the other alternative for how it could be viewed of like, oh my gosh, you know he saw me here. Like, you know that guy or, or girl saw me here and chose to pull out anyway. They must think that whatever they've got to get to is way more important than whatever I've got to be doing. So there's two totally different ways to view that. Was it a stupid move? Yes, we're not taking that away from it. But empathy and thinking about the world in a positive manner that G people are generally good and aren't out to get us changes the way you view that moment. And if you view that moment, so they cut you off and then you have to like ride down the road behind them, right? And so if you went the first route of like, oh man, I've done that to you, like super stupid when I do it and on their part too, but you know what? Not a big deal. I moved on and now it's done. On the flip side, if you were going down that path of like, I know they saw me and they must think they're super important, then you're riding down the road behind them and you're criticizing every little thing they do. And if they just like slightly glide to one side of the lane, you're like, I bet they're on their phone. I bet they're on their phone not paying attention. This is ridiculous. Like, are we here to drive? What are we doing? <laughs> just giving us some narrative here for our road rage moment. But how we view that moment shapes or how we view the world shapes how we view every moment of every day of our lives. And at this moment, I'm talking to myself here like, Jessica, I'm pretty sure you've covered this in another podcast or across multiple podcasts coming at it from different angles. Let's move on to what we're really here to talk about today. <laughs> so let's do it. But I needed to get that out because it leads us in to the title of today's podcast episode divorce their story. So last week we talked about it's time for a divorce and we divorced our stories, the things that we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better about the stuff that needs to be really edited out of our lives, right? So this week we're talking about divor divorcing their story. And let me give you kind of the, the thought process here. I think that the stories, other people's stories, 
can set the tone for our lives, for our days, for our choices, just like choosing a positive mindset, choosing a negative mindset, starting with gratitude or not starting with gratitude. I think that other people's stories that are like taking up space, rent-free in our head, can totally change the outcome of a moment, a day, a week, or a lifetime. And I think it's incredibly sad to think that something that's in our head that may or may not even be true could change that much. So here's one example. So early on, when I started getting into a lot of this inspirational, like personal growth stuff, um, I would get a moment of inspiration and I would want to post about it on some of my social media platforms. And I wouldn't do it because I had these stories in my head of what other people, how they viewed me, how other people viewed me. And I would let that keep me from posting. Because I started out at my adult journey incredibly humble. Not humble like humble in spirit. Humble like I didn't have any money. (laughs) I didn't know who I was as a person. I was pretty weak emotionally. And I was depending on outside sources for validation. And just for basic validation. Because I hadn't yet learned how to do that for myself. So... Super humble in every facet of my life. (laughs) And so their story that I needed to divorce might have been like she has, like who is she to talk about this kind of stuff? Because look at her and look at the life that she's living. Who is she to talk about, you know, being super successful in business one day? Because she just started this little business and hasn't even made any money yet. And honestly, barely had the money to even start the little business that I had at the time. So those stories were taking up a whole lot of space in my brain. And obviously it was doing me absolutely no good. But unfortunately, it will be a long time Uh, a long, long time (laughs) before I put all the pieces together and got rid of some of those stories. It's probably a little easier for me to talk about some modern day stuff because that stuff is all about like internet strangers and making up stories that may or may not be true. But um, in my present day life, I've experienced some stuff that it's like it's actually people's stories. And that's what made the biggest difference for me is when I learned how to divorce people's actual stories. So I wish I had like transcripts of previous podcasts so I could go back and see how many times I've mentioned this because <laughs> I really don't remember. But if you're new here or if I've somehow never mentioned it in all these episodes, which I insanely doubt, highly doubt, um, I went through a divorce at the end of... Well, the back half of 2019 is when I left, um, and then it took us like another year to work out all the stuff. Um, Love South Carolina for that. But anyway, um, when you go through a divorce, you hear all the stories. Like you hear, you know, your ex's story. And I mean, I have a story. So I mean, this is my real story about what happened. I'm not going to share it. But you know, I have my real story of what happened. He has his real story of what happened. And then the masses have their stories 
of what happened. And this isn't me just like imagining what's there. This is like hearing it, hearing it secondhand. So like, you know, my friend's friends uh, were saying all this stuff and they kind of jumped in to defend me because they didn't know the story. So these are real things that happened, people's real stories. And I let that have a hold on me for a very long time. Um, And when I say a very long time, like it's almost embarrassing. (laughs) But I had to work through it and I had to work through it at my own pace. And I'm so glad that I did because now I can take all that work and all the pain and all the tears and all the insecurities and all of that and anger. I mean, just everything. And I can share it with you because it's life changing and freeing once you can get to the other side. So like one of the stories is based off of like public persona. So because, you know, one of us portrayed ourselves a certain way online, um, that that was fact and that was what was happening behind closed doors. And people believe this. This is the massive story. This is the friend of a friend. And they're like, oh, well, you see how great he was and how this and he did this and this and this. And so obviously, obviously, (laughs) uh, had to be her because that's a pretty perfect public persona. Um, Anyway, and there's just never, it's never like that. When you see, like, I'm going to try and help you out here. If you ever see two people that you know, kind of know both of them, and they go through something like that, assume that you know nothing. Like, assume that anything you know is questionable. It just makes things so much better. And, like, you don't have to know. It doesn't matter. But before you're ready to throw your coins on one side or the other, um, just assume that you don't know. I love assuming that I don't know. It makes things so much easier. Then you don't have that embarrassment of, like, sticking your foot in your mouth because you were so wrong. I just assume if I'm not sure, I assume I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know. Hope they can figure it out. No idea. I mean, and I use that in everyday life. Like someone asked me a a question about something technical, like, hey, what time does this or what, you know, what's the process of working with this company? You're like, I don't know. I mean, I might kind of know, but I'm not going to say it like I'm sure of it because I don't really know. (laughs) That might sound silly, but that's a great default to have. And honestly, I'm probably a little averse to someone acting like, or to me acting like I know everything because I don't care for that personality. Like if you're the expert on everything and there's no room for you to learn anything, we're probably not going to be good friends. So (laughs) I'm just averse to that. So I don't like to act like I know everything at all. I'm like, oh, I have an idea about that maybe. But anyway, okay. So back to the point here, that story was an actual story people were telling themselves. And I know these people and I see these people and it was really easy for me to hold my head in shame because that was their story. That's what they knew. And I don't blame them a bit. I really don't. I mean, I've given you the tips of like, Hey, assume you don't know, but I don't blame them. That was their story. But I needed to stop holding my head in shame when I ran into them, I needed to stop avoiding eye contact. I needed all that stuff. Like I, that's, this is the heart of the podcast is I had to divorce their story. And part of it comes, it comes from all different places, gathering up the strength and the willpower to divorce somebody's story, marry the truth that only you know in your heart about who you are 
and stop caring. Now, these people are nice people. And once they were told, like, hey, you don't know everything, they ease off and they're like, oh, you know, you're probably right. So they're great people. I hold nothing against them. But once you can divorce those stories that other people have about you that you might have heard, then you can move on. Maybe you've had like a colleague come up to you at work and say, like, oh man, I just really think you suck at your job and you're lazy and blah, blah, blah. And you, they like told you straight to their face, like, this is a story I tell myself about you. And I'm just here to say, it's not about you. There's a reason they act that way, but it's not about you. So what you need to do in that moment is keep your mind open. Let's be open-minded. And you need to reflect for a second. Like, is that the truth? Am I lazy? Do I suck at my job? And then I'm going to quote Elise Myers from TikTok. And if you don't know her, you should go follow her because she's awesome. Um, But she has this phrase that she used, says, I do not receive that. I do not receive that. You know, or my version would just be like, okay, is that how I am? Am I lazy? Do I suck at my job? No. Okay, see ya. Like, next, next please not interested in what you have to say about me because it's incorrect because I know and sometimes like I have to make the list in my head to remind myself who I am like oh I know that I'm up early in the morning getting my job done I know that I would put aside wanting to do something fun on the personal side so that I can get the job done so that I can make the client happy so that I can xyz okay so sometimes you have to go in and affirm yourself and remind yourself that Like, hey, I'm on track here. Now, if multiple people come to you with that story, it's a good time to like ask the audience. Remember who wants to be a millionaire? You can ask the audience. You might need to ask the audience, not any audience. Pick your audience wisely. But ask the audience like, hey, are there any areas I can improve? Ask someone who whose opinion matters. Ask the people you're serving. Ask your boss. Ask your coworker that works in the same office with you. And when they're like, well, I don't know if you realize it, but you spend three hours a day surfing TikTok. You know, there's some room for personal improvement. But here's the keys that I found to divorcing their story is doing the work, searching within yourself and knowing who you are, seeing the good in yourself, being real with yourself. Because for the longest time, those stories controlled my life and my mindset so much, all the stories that I started to believe them. When I separated, I honestly believed that I was not a good mother. Not because I had any evidence in my life to prove that I was not a good mother, but because if you're told something for so long, you start to believe it. And so the all the little things that have been said to me, like, you know, that if I cared about my child, I wouldn't want to break up my marriage, like all kinds of stuff, um, played in my head. And I actually sat in my counselor's office and said like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm a good parent. And she was like, you know, (laughs) she was like, oh, I'm ready for this job because she had the evidence waiting. So when you're in that weak moment where you can't speak the truth to yourself, when you can't remind yourself of the evidence that disproves those stupid stories, find you someone who can. And it doesn't have to be a paid professional. My friends did this for me. My family does this for me. People that I 
have never shared conversations with beyond like a, hey, how you doing? To this day, do this for me. Within the last 24 hours have done this for me. I didn't even ask for it. They walked up and volunteered it. So find you some people that when you're having a moment where you start to question who the heck you are, will come up and affirm you and remind you so that you can not even let those stories start to creep back in. There's a girl that I used to follow on Instagram who was going through this big weight loss journey and she did it all like naturally and there's not a right or wrong. You can get surgery. You can do it naturally. Like the point is that you're trying to take care of yourself and be a better person. Kudos to you. But anyway, I was following her journey because I was really enjoying it and she weighed like 400 and something pounds. I don't remember how much it was, but she started going to the gym. Like I struggle sometimes with going to the gym because I'm like, oh, I don't look like I'm in peak performance shape here. But she started going to the gym and she knew that there were going to be people with stories, but also her mind and her insecurities was making up stories before, you know, that people hadn't even verbalized to her. And that doesn't matter. Like we're going to do that. But the way that she decided to divorce their story and to find her truth was she decided that she was going to be the hardest person and wor- hardest working person in the gym. And she would put in the work day in, day out. And I love that because the biggest, like one of the biggest factors that helps you divorce that story is to just keep making proof right in front of your face that that's not the reality that you live in. That's their reality. That's what they're telling themselves, whatever, doesn't matter. But she was giving herself the proof every single day to fight any kind of story that she could imagine that they had for her. Because their story could have been, oh my gosh, it's the first day of January. Of course she's here. She'll be gone in 21 days and we'll never see her again. And if someone had even said that to her, like, That could have changed her whole perspective. It could have taken her down a bad path. It could have discouraged her where she actually became that person. That's the danger of living with someone else's story in your mind. So when we go back to when I said that 80% of our thoughts are negative, according to the National Science Foundation, and I don't know who they surveyed, but it surely wasn't me. I mean, I might get a good 50 in there, but not 80. Um, But if we let, if we don't put boundaries on the thoughts that go through our mind, and give them a path, a healthy, safe path to, to go down, our mind is just going to go rogue. It's going on its own. It's making up, it's making up the rules as it goes. And uh, what we focus on expands. So we have to build this path in our brain that is an acceptable place for all of our thoughts to go. And we're roadblocking all those side streets, the ones that say... You ruined your kid's life because you got divorced. Nope, that street is blocked. The street that we go down is that I gave my kid such an opportunity by having a safe space that he could be himself and share his feelings and know that no matter what, he is loved and cared for. The first doormat I bought for my new place said only love and it was emotional for me and it's emotional even saying it now because I became crazy determined with a like a burning intensity that we were getting rid of the negativity and we were just going to have a loving happy peaceful life okay so I roadblocked it we're blocking off the roadblock that says oh she's too old to be starting a new business venture nope roadblock 
the news story is we're going to go online and we're going to find all those people like Colonel Sanders. I don't know what his real name is <laughs> that started businesses in older age in their older ages and were raving, raging successes. Okay, so we're making a new road filled with all of those people's stories so that when our mind tries to go back and find that road we blocked off, it can't be found because we're so focused on creating that new pattern, that new path in our mind. What I really want for all of us as we kind of wind down this podcast, but move forward out into our day is I want us to get to the place. Ultimately, it's not going to happen today, especially if you're just starting this journey, but I want us to get to the place in our mind where the stories they tell themselves have no impact on the decisions we make about our life. And the only way that happens is to start on the inside. And when I started this podcast today, I don't think I had a concrete one, two, three step list for you guys of how we get there. But through sharing my passion with you and my experiences with you, I think we've gotten to a place where I've actually created the steps that I took to divorce these dumb stories and move on and live boldly in my truth. So let's review kind of what we talked about today. Find your truth. You know who you are. You know your intentions. You know how you treat people. You know yourself. Even if it's not like right there in the forefront of your mind, even if you've had a lot of conditioning to tell you that things aren't quite as you think they are, there's a little voice deep in there somewhere that knows who you are and how you treat people and how you go out and interact with the world. So find your truth. Secondly, Surround yourself with people who remind you of your truths and your qualities. It is so important if you're doubting yourself to have people that remind you that you're amazing and that you are a hard worker and that you're a good person and that you care about others or whatever it is. You deserve to have people in your life that are cheering you on and who constantly remind you of your truths and the good qualities that you have as their friend. And then the last one. Boldly act in your truth. Affirm all those things that you know about yourself. Take that first step knowing that you're good enough. Take that first step knowing that you have good intentions, that your heart's in the right place. Have your actions back up the new story, your new truth that you're trying to really anchor in and hold on to. And by doing those things, I hope you're able to divorce their story, marry the truth about yourself, and move forward confidently. It's not going to be an overnight success story for most people. It's going to take effort. It's going to take your friends reminding you when you have a moment where you start to fall back into your old ways and believe other people's stories. But that does not matter you're making forward progress. And the only way to totally fail at this is to give up and quit and just fall back into believing what everybody else has to say about you instead of taking the pen to the paper and writing your own story for your future. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to share what I'm learning in my life and how it's changing me for the better. I hope that you're enjoying the little tidbits and thanks for coming along on the journey with me to do life better.